Well, the regular season is over, but there's a ton of things to be excited about in the offseason, building off of a team that just missed the playoffs, and we're going to tell you what's next for the Chargers as they head into the 2022 offseason. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons. We started doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I sparingly write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Well, thank you guys for making us your first listen today, and I promise you we'll be the only podcast that's going to be here for you guys on YouTube and on all platforms Every day of the offseason, except for yesterday, but I think we are in that one after the tough loss. But the fact is, we're going to be here with you guys. We have a lot to get into because there's a lot to talk about with this offseason. A huge offseason for a lot of people in the Chargers' successes and building off of a season where they were maybe a year away from true contention in the AFC and in the NFL. And I mean, I think, David, it just starts with trying to examine, you know, what kind of went wrong in Ryan. I know we do that segment every week, but like the strengths and weaknesses of this team, figuring out the plan of attack, where this team needs to add to what went wrong and caused them to miss the playoffs after starting four and one this year and going, you know, one and three in the final month of the season. Obviously, there's some things that have to be worked out. And then we'll get into the re-signings. Because that's going to be one of the first things that's going to come up for the Chargers as far as this offseason goes. And there's some big names and some guys that either have to be brought back at this point the way we see it. And maybe a couple of guys that we're not so fond of bringing back. And maybe it's time to say their Chargers goodbyes. And then to wrap up the show, we'll just take a general look at some of the things we're going to be getting into throughout the offseason and take a look at the Chargers' salary cap situation headed into a giant free agency period. Spoiler alert, it's a lot. And then we'll also talk about just the Chargers' draft picks, having a ton of draft picks projected in the upcoming draft and you know the importance of having to hit on those picks. But let's get started, David, and talk about what happened this season. And obviously, a lot of good went you know happened for the Chargers this season. With Brandon Staley, a first-year head coach, and we've talked about it with Daniel Popper as far as what this season means, as far as it being a successful season. And it doesn't feel successful when you miss the playoffs, especially in the manner that the Chargers did. But, like, obviously, you literally can't be any closer to a playoff team than the Chargers were. And, obviously, that comes because of a lot of inconsistencies that lead you to being a 9-8 and team as opposed to maybe an 11-6 and team on the season. But I do think, David, there's a lot of strengths to build on. And when I look at this team, it comes down to what are you going to build on as far as your strengths? And then what are you going to work on as far as your defense? And I think obviously the nice thing is, is you go into another offseason knowing that you're set at the quarterback position because you have Justin Herbert. So build around it. A hundred percent. That's the number one thing that was on my list is the one thing, you know, you got figured out is, is the quarterback position. Justin Herbert is absolutely special. Like there, there's not enough adjectives uh, in the dictionary to describe this kid and his ability and, and what he has already brought to the table uh, so, so early in his NFL career. And like, it's just crazy because this guy is going to get exponentially better. But what, there's one thing uh, outside of that. Uh, that's the obvious one um, that allowed him to go out there and really play that well. And also for the Chargers to run the football as effectively and efficiently as they did. And that was correcting and fixing and really solidifying the left side of the offensive line, Daniel. I think that was one of the biggest 
strengths of this team this year uh, with Rashawn Slater at left tackle. The rookie came in and played like a, a 10 year vet, a guy who was just pancaking guys in the run game, keeping anyone and everyone away from Justin Herbert and pass protection. Matt Filer just bringing that nastiness and that, uh, that versatility and that hard nosed attitude. And then Corey Lindsley just playing at an all world level again, you know, after spending his first seven years of his career with, with the, you know, with the Packers and with Aaron Rodgers, bringing all that expertise and all that knowledge over to work with Justin Herbert in his second year. All of those, uh, you know, moves were a resounding success and had a heavy impact on the success of this Chargers team this year. Yeah, I mean, I think especially when you're looking at the left side of the offensive line specifically, because obviously the right, right side got exposed. And I think it's crazy to think about the fact that the offensive line gave up only one fewer sack this year than they did in 2020. But obviously, there's an extra game and a lot of other factors that went into that. I also thought Herbert kind of ran into a couple trying to get out of the pocket this yeah. year. But as far as Justin Herbert goes tomorrow, we're going to have a show dedicated just to him and talking about his special sophomore season. There's a lot to get into, a ton of great stats, and reliving a little bit of that insane fourth quarter that we were talking about before the show where it's just like I've never seen anything quite like that, and it came kind of in a loss. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll get into that. But I think the offense as a whole, as much as people you know, had their frustrations with the Chargers offense, they were still one of the best offenses in the league. I mean, you look at you know points per drive and things like that, scoring – yardage like they're really good and they've been efficient i mean their dvoa was fourth in the nfl in 2021 according to football outsiders they were fifth in epa in 2021 so i mean they were an efficient offense a frustrating offense to watch sometimes for sure that the running game was pretty average 21st in rushing yards for the season which it came from a pretty low place to begin with right it was a pretty low bar that they had there and i mean they were 15th in yards per carry so just around middle of the pack and there's obviously some shortcomings at the running back position that we can talk about as well. But Austin Eckler, you feel great about, obviously. Absolutely. Keenan Allen, you feel great about. Mike Williams, we'll see. And we'll get into whether he needs to be franchise tag potentially or if we think he's going to be in the upcoming segment. But there's a lot to like there. And Rashawn Slater and all those guys. But it's obviously a lot to build in one offseason, right? Odea Bushi played fine. Brian yeah. Bulaga, if he was out there, probably would have played fine. But they just didn't play pretty much the entire season. Odea Bushi misses almost the entire season. And the depth got exposed a little bit. And that's definitely one of the things that went wrong and one of the reasons that the Chargers missed the playoffs. But I think, David, it starts defensively for sure with the Chargers where they just underperformed. Special teams-wise as well, I mean, they weren't good, but got obviously better until the last game of the season. But defensively, David, I mean, pretty much there's hard to find an argument for this being a good defense in 2021. And it was one of the biggest detractors to them making the postseason. Yeah, and, and I think when you look at you know the the defense at the apex of the problems uh, on the Chargers defense, it's it's the run defense, you know, in the interior of, of that run uh, run defense and that defensive line. It was a huge problem all year long. You know, they had several guys that they cycled through there, but one guy you feel really good about that was Justin Jones, and I'm sure we'll talk about him in in in, the, uh, in an upcoming segment, but. Uh, the bodies that they had there were just not as impactful as they needed to be. And, you know, they need to bring more bodies to that position. Um, it was the biggest weakness. And you saw teams uh, opposing offenses repeatedly take advantage of that over and over and over all season long. Well, I think the problem with the Chargers defense, too, is just like it, that's definitely the most glaring. And I wouldn't even put it as just the run defense, right? Because the run yeah. defense was bad. 
But you also didn't get anything from the interior defensive lineman as far as pass rush either. I mean, even Justin right. Jones with his impressive season was not a good pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Jerry Tillery was the best of them, but him by himself isn't good enough, and he obviously call, comes with the drawbacks in the run defense department, right? right. Limbaugh Joseph was decent, you know, all had a decent all-around season, but yeah. at the same time, like, you just didn't get enough production from those interior guys. And I mean, you're talking about defense. And like I said, there's not a lot of places to look as far as what the Chargers did right defensively. They were the worst third down percentage team in the league. They were 29th in points per game allowed. They were 23rd in yards per game allowed. Rush yards per game, 30th. Yards per carry, 26th. I mean, there were sacks. They were 20th in the NFL with only 34 sacks. Even like the pass defense, which people were like, whoa, but they have a really good pass defense. Like, obviously that comes from being you know, teams running the ball super well against you obviously yeah. makes less of a need to pass the ball. But they were What's 16th. What's the point in- to throw the ball when you're when you're getting six yards a pop on the ground? Right. And, when, and that's what led to a lot of the third down success by other teams as well. But, I mean, 16th in the NFL as far as yards per attempt allowed. So every time they threw it, they were getting the 16th most yards allowed against them. That's not great. Very middle of the pack. And as far as total yards around, allowed, they weren't great in that either. 12th. And that's just kind of, I mean, a volume number doesn't really show it but i think that's the thing with this defense david something we can talk about later on the show is it just seems like there's not enough talent at any of the positions at any level of the defense you still feel like you need to add more right you think you need to add an edge rusher feel like you need to add a lot to the interior as far as talent goes pass rush and run stuffing ability right now the only linebacker you feel really good about is headed into free agency and at cornerback i mean i think there's a lot of questions maybe more questions than answers right there, but that feels like something you have to add to as well. And safety in pretty much every position down the line. So obviously there's a lot of work that's going to have, you know, cut out for him. Yeah, definitely a lot of work to be done on the, on the defense. I think there's a couple of guys you love, uh, you know, the top end talent guys, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, uh, I, you know, Justin Jones as a run stuffer. But one thing for me that is a glaring deficiency really on both sides of the ball, not just on defense, is just speed, explosive speed. The Chargers don't really have a lot of that on offense. They have a lot of possession guys, a lot of guys that can break some tackles from time to time or not break tackles <laughs> when you look at the wide receivers. But, um, you know, they have playmakers, right? You know, if you need a play, they'll, they'll make a play, but they don't have a lot of guys that will absolutely torch you um, and, you know, just leave you in the dust and, and make you look stupid in the open field. They don't have a lot of those guys. And on defense, they don't have a lot of those guys that can really just go get the football and, go chase somebody down and go erase somebody. They only have a couple of those athletes on the field and they need to add more of that, uh, both in free agency and the draft. I mean, it's just one thing they really need to bring to this team explosive speed. Yeah, they need some juice. I mean, that's a hundred percent true because as far as the offense goes, like as much as they had a very efficient offense, one of the things they were missing, especially considering the offense they're running when you're relying on a lot of the short passing game is somebody that can do something with their short passes. And yeah. yes, the route concepts obviously are going to dictate some of that. If you're running comeback routes, it's hard to get yards after the catch after that. But at the same time, the Chargers don't really have an explosive yards after the catch receiver. I don't think right. they have one. The best yards after the catch guy that they have is Austin Eckler. The second best this year is Donald Parham. No receivers are listed and where it just talked right now. So, like, that is something I think they need. Like, obviously, they can use some running back help as well. They need to solidify the right side of the offensive line. And, obviously, you need that guy. Like, this year, I mean, you're looking at, like, a guy like Kadarius Toney. He didn't have a good, you know, year this year. Or Elijah Moore was one of my favorite guys. I knew they wouldn't have a chance for But somebody that can just catch a ball over the middle and get those yards after the catch because they're just not getting it with the guys they have. So, there's work to be done on both sides. But it starts with – being able 
to bring back the players who were super important to your team this year, right? Including your leading receiver as far as receiving yards. Mike Williams is headed into free agency and they have a giant decision to make. Are they going to give him a multi-year extension or are they going to franchise tag him, David? Which we'll get into that coming up after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar on the planet. Of course, I'm talking about Built Bars. And the thing I love about Built Bars, especially when your New Year's resolutions are kicking in, and this is about the time where some people start falling off on them. The one thing that's really helped me out is Built Bars because it's something that I can have in the middle of the day, towards the end of the day, to get through the rest of my day. That gives me a boost, but also gives me a you know gives me that treat that I'm craving. It gives me what I'm looking for. It tastes like a candy bar with all the health benefits of a protein bar. You're getting something that is packed with fiber, packed with protein, while being low on sugar and low on carbs. And of, of course, David, if it doesn't taste great, I'm not going to eat it. I can't tell you guys that enough. If they didn't taste good, I wouldn't be here talking about it as enthusiastically as I am. And that's the thing that's nice is there's so many flavors to choose from. Right, you go salted caramel. You can go cherry barcia. You can also go, you know, coconut, almond, mint, brownie. There's a ton of great flavors. You can get a mix box where you can get all of the different flavors and find out which one's your favorite. And you can also go my favorites. I mean, cookies and cream, obviously. Peanut butter brownie, no brainer. They're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. I mean, that should sell you right now. But the other thing is, too, is they're always coming out with banger limited time flavors. Like, they have, you know, every few weeks, it seems like sometimes every few days, they're coming out with a great new flavor that... Sometimes we get a free box up, I won't lie, but it's just like fire every single time. Like their hit percentage is crazy. And we can even save you guys some money. Since you listen to the show, you can go to built.com, use the promo code LACT15, and you'll get 15% off your order at built.com. That's 15% off with the promo code built or LACT15 to save money at built.com. Go get you guys the best protein bar on the planet. All right, David. Well, as far as the offseason goes, I mean, this is definitely a dead period, so to speak. There's not a lot happening. I mean, if there was something that would have happened, it's Black Monday, right? Obviously, for the teams getting rid of their head coaches, getting rid of their GMs. And we do know that it looks like Tom Telesco is safe right now, heading into a giant, giant offseason, right? And We'll talk about that on another day or at least dive deeper into that on another day. But it starts with the guys that you have on your team that you need to bring back because that's you're the first person that has the priority on your players. You will have a chance to give a new contract to guys before other teams get to. Right. And this is huge because there's a lot of guys on the list. There's a lot of names. Right. And there's a few of them that you don't know how the charge will replace it. There's no, you know, next guy up on the, you know, the list. And I think. One of those guys that would be very hard to let go is obviously Mike Williams because he's coming off of career year, literally a career year. He led the Chargers in receiving yards with 1,146. He had nine touchdowns, which is only one off his previous best at 10 touchdowns, so he still got that. And he had a career high in receptions as well by a lot. I mean, his previous high for receptions was 49 catches. This year he gets 76 catches. Previous high for yards, 1,001. He goes for 1,146. It's still about consistency, though. I mean, he had three games in a row where he had two catches or less at one point in the season. He had a game with only one catch this season. And even though he had, you know, had such a great season, there was obviously still some inconsistency there to the point where you don't just automatically give him the $20 million per year deal, right? And that's the options right now because he's one of the most talented and most productive, most importantly, receivers that's going to be hitting the market. He's hitting the market healthy. He just came off of a huge game, even though, there's probably a few plays he left out there, but he made a ton of giant plays as well. You know, fourth down conversions, 
game tying touchdown with no time left on a low throw from Justin Herbert that had to be there, right? Like he, he did make some giant plays for them as well. Fourth and 10 in overtime. He catches that ball over the middle and gets a 47 yard gain. So like he still brings a lot of value. And we saw what happens if he just got more targets, 39 more targets this year than he's ever had in any other season. But David, it still seems to me like the smart moves to franchise tagging because I still think you're waiting to see if he can do it in the year out year, you know, year in, year out basis to give him that multi-year, all that guaranteed money. And unfortunately, that's not always great for the players, but I think that's just what makes most sense for the Chargers right now. Yeah, it might not be great for the players and as far as long-term security is concerned, but they're getting paid lots of money. And I think the yeah, franchise fully this ton- year yeah, fully is around eight, is $18 million or, or, or close to that. Um, you know, obviously that can change here, but that's a lot of money. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, for him, I'm sure one year after making 15.6, that's you know thirty you know thirty plus million dollars in the course of two years. That's that's damn good money. Um, but for for Mike Williams, he said Terrible after math, the year, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know I have really really bad math. I never thirty three million about. Yeah, yeah. I said thirty plus million. Oh, hey, I thought you said thirty six million. Okay, nah, no, 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 thirty plus. plus. Very vague, but still correct. That's right. Hey, I I, I keep it simple with math. Okay, but for Mike Williams, uh, you know, one thing he has continuously done throughout his career with the Chargers is make those big plays. I mean, he's done it year in and year out, regardless of the stat sheet. More often than not, I mean, if you need a big third down, they're probably going to go to Keenan Allen. But if you want need to make a play to keep the game alive, they're going towards Mike Williams more often than not. And the, I know the Chargers organization has a tremendous amount of respect for Mike Williams. They love Mike Williams. Mike said that he does not like change. He's made a lot of friends here that he will have, be friends with for life. He wants to stay with the Chargers, it seems like. Um, but when asked about the franchise tag, he said he'd have to talk to his agent about how he would feel about that. No but, player wants it. Yeah, nobody. No, I mean, hey, after the work he's done, I'm sure he feels like, hey, I need to get a long-term deal. I deserve a four- or five-year deal. Um, and, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with him a, a little bit. I mean, it may be his best opportunity ever to cash in. He might not have another season like this. You know, right. it, it, as good as he was this year, you don't know if he's ever going to replicate those numbers. He hadn't done it the rest of his career up till this point so uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. that's a big thing that's the big polarizing question though i think there's no talent there's no question about the talent from mike williams now uh, i think when you first picked him you know seventh overall there was a lot of criticism but i think he has since washed that away with with his play on the field yeah i mean i think the thing with him is like there's just too often where it has to be a perfect throw for him to make the catch because he's not always super open like separation is not one of yeah, the things sure. he does best and i mean it's just when he's making his catches, a lot of them are back shoulder throws, you know, jump balls. Like he is, you know, little hook routes or little short patterns. That he's a great possession receiver in those situations. Mm-hmm. But how much do you pay a possession receiver? You know what I mean? But he is also, I mean, he, it's hard to say. He's a big playmaker as well. But it's just, yeah. he's it's just his certain type, you know, of player. Like he's not a burner. You have to basically throw him jump balls. If you're talking about a deep ball and he's not just schemed open, you know, but he's great at tracking the football deep. That's something that's really you know, a great thing that he brings to the table and they just don't have another guy where it's like covered or not. You're throwing it his way and you have, you know, faith that he's going to make that contested catch. So I think you definitely give it another year and he obviously earned the, you know, chances to come back and everything, but there's other guys as well, David. I mean, you could go down the list of players who'd be important for the chargers to bring back and we'll have full shows dedicated just guys defensively and offensively and where we kind of stand on them, bringing them back. But if is there one guy in particular for the Chargers that you see heading into free agency, besides Mike Williams, who we're kind of assuming is getting franchise tag, that you're like, that's the guy. They have to bring him back at this point. 
Yeah, two guys, uh, I mean, really stick out to me both on the defensive side that you've, I think, uh, you know, after they've played this year, you, it would be really wise to bring them back. One is Justin Jones. It, he's made it very clear um, just with his absence when he's not on the field that this Chargers run defense, uh, obviously already really, really bad, is exponentially worse when he is ne- when he is not on the football field. So he uh, he made a big impact, uh, you know, almost a full better uh, against the yard, uh, almost a full yard better against the run when he's on the football field. Uh, you know, that was something that Daniel Popper brought up in one of his articles, um, which is really astounding. It just goes to show you, I mean, not a, not that great as a pass rusher, right? I mean, we talked about that earlier, but as a run stuffer, there's really no one who brought more value in that department than Justin Jones. And then the, and the other guy, I think, is Uchenna Nwosu, uh, especially with his play down the stretch. Um, he really, really started to figure things out, really started to turn it on. Uh, I think uh, he's a guy who, you know, for the right p- price, the Chargers should look at bring, bringing back. Yeah, I mean, Kazir White for me is the obvious one here because oh yeah, Kazir White for sure, your your best linebacker. Like, I mean, it's hard to imagine not having him back because he was your most consistent player. I think the tough thing with Kazir White is what kind of contract is he looking for because he's not you know a game changer in coverage, but I think he's made improvements every year in coverage, and I think Mm -hmm. you know he's still up there as far as the Chargers' best coverage linebackers, but it's not really what his game is, right? And he's also not really a true run stuffer. But what he was was a playmaker for the Chargers and was consistently yeah. there. Only missed about 5% of his tackles. So that's one in 20 tackles he was Good. missing. He was super sure-handed. I think he ended up seventh in the NFL in total tackles on the season. And I just think that he filled up the statue and he was the most consistent dude there and went out and won that starting job. So him heading into free agency, I think he has to be brought back. And that, you know... Odea Bushi, Dustin Hopkins. How do you feel about him? Steven Anderson, Justin Jones. Limbaugh, yeah, I'd love Joseph, to bring Steven know. Anderson back. I really like what he's brought to the table. A really gritty player who uh, did a lot yeah. of the dirty work that just didn't really show up on the stat sheet, but was and really impactful for the offense. Yeah, and yeah, should be cheap for sure. Yeah. And then I think as far as like the guys you don't want to bring back is, you know, as far as you can look at the season stats, I mean, I think Jared Cook, Chris Harris Jr., right? I mean, I both think those are very two guys. easy. Don't want you to come back. Sorry. Uh, both of you guys are just. You know, at, at the point at this point in time, you're more of a liability than you are, uh, you know, a player that's going to help out. So, yeah, I mean, I think with Jared Cook's case, right, there's some things he obviously did well. I mean, yeah. he, he still was pretty productive. I, I think sure. he was still a decent signing. I don't know if it's a terrible signing, but like you see why teams have let him go. And I think that's the, yeah. the thing is just like even this last game overtime drop on what the three yard line that potentially yeah, gets you first and goal for a win, you know. And it wasn't the throw. The throw hit him right in the hands. No, and it wasn't even a broken up pass. Like he, he looked maybe it. like the defender got there. He didn't. Um, and and I think with Chris Harris Jr., I, as much as I like the mentality he brings, you know, yeah, and I always loved sure. him when he was on the Broncos just because the type of gritty, fierce competitor type of player Definitely. that he was, scrappy underdog type yeah. type of player. Like the Chargers defense just needs a lot more team speed, and like you just can't be giving up. You know, forty plus yard gains to Kyle Rudolph and Foster Moreau. You know, you just have a problem there, and I think we just saw too many situations. I think the problem with both of those dudes is you just don't have a true heir apparent to either one of those positions right now. I mean, maybe you can move Asante Samuel Jr. into the slot if you like that. It's obviously, yeah. would be a decent move there. He has all the skills for it, and I think he still can play outside as well. But then, who's outside at corner, right? And I think that just goes in to the needs that the Chargers have at tight end. I mean, sure. you like Donald Parham, but it would have been really nice, obviously for not have like a tragic accident near the end of the season. So you really could have seen what a full season with him looked like. Right. Because I yeah. think he was doing a lot better than the year before. And like, obviously has all the 
talent to be a consistent guy. But right now yeah, it's kind of like Ladarius Green where like, yeah, you see all the talent there, but it's hard to say if that guy can be your number one day one starter, especially right. with his limited blocking ability, you know, yeah. and that's always tough because he still had a lot of ways to come as a blocker. I don't know if he'll ever be a good blocker, but that's the thing about Jared Cook. Jared Cook really wasn't that either, right? Trey McKitty definitely came in. There's a good combination there. Yeah. But I think that's the hard thing is you don't really have true air appearance there. But the nice thing is the Chargers have a ton of cast space and a ton of draft capital that they're going to have to spend during this offseason. Whether or not Tom Tulesco is the right guy to get that done is a conversation for another time. <laughs> but what I can say, though, is that the Chargers will have the ability to drastically improve their team and their roster and fill a lot of these holes in the upcoming season. But we'll get into that after this. I need to tell Chargers fans right now that I'd be very surprised and disappointed in you if you guys haven't downloaded did the get upside app yet because right now our listeners are making a ton of money saving money at the gas pump because right now most of our listeners are earning up to 25 cents per gallon every time they go to the gas pump with the new get upside app you can get it on the google play store or the app store get upside is an app you download on your phone you take it to the select gas stations that they have on there and you're going to save money at the gas pump even right now guys since you listen to the show you can save up to 50 cents back on your first fill up when you use the promo code at touchdown all caps with the get upside app i mean that means you can go to the gas pump take 50 cents off the number you see on that egregious gas board because gas is so so expensive and especially if you're like a you know a ride share driver a food delivery driver things like that like you can literally save hundreds of dollars per month just by using the get upside app and there's no downside to it you can get the money straight to your bank account you can get it through PayPal. You can also get it cashed out in Amazon or other big gift cards. I mean, why not, guys? You guys are all getting gas anyways. Get the Get Upside app, right? And you guys are going to save money every time you go to the gas pump up to 25 cents. And on that first time you go, after you download the app, you can save up to 50 cents per gallon when you use the promo code at touchdown. I also need to tell you guys about an official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, and that's betonline.ag. And I know the Chargers aren't in the playoffs, but it's still a great, great time to be betting on the play- in the sports, especially when like you don't have a team to root for at this point, I'm still going to be watching the playoffs as much as it hurts. And that one thing that makes it a lot better is winning money during the playoffs. And the number one place to find all the best odds, props, and bets is at betonline.ag because they just have the most creative ways, the funnest games to play, the biggest tournaments to enter in. If you guys go to the website right now, the new updated desktop or mobile website, you can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's free money to play with a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. All caps, because from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. All right, David. Well, obviously, we've kind of outlined, you know, the game plan for the Chargers and the things that they have to kind of do going into this offseason and places they have to address. But thank you guys again for making us your first lesson as we kick off this offseason, because I think every offseason of doing this show, we've gotten better. And that's not, to, you know, to toot our own horn, but like we've just learned kind of how this process goes and, you know, yeah. the draft process, free agency and all that stuff and got a, obviously a really good feel for this team and where they need help. Right. And I think the first place it's going to begin is free agency. After you decide what players that you're going to, you know, bring back, you're going to have a ton of cast space. And yes, I mean, Hey, you know, take 18 million out of that with Mike Williams, you know, they're projected according to Spotrack about $72 million in cast space, which seems like a ton. And it is, I mean, I mm-hmm. think they're second in the NFL. So second like in the league, yep. even the really, really bad teams, you know, that like always have a ton of cap space. Like you're doing better than a lot of they are. 
And that's one of the things Tom Telesco, you know, Ed McGuire deserve a ton of credit for because they don't have a lot of dead contracts. They've done a really, really good job salary cap wise of structuring this roster. But I think the biggest thing is like, did you do enough with the money you had last season instead of rolling it over to add to that roster to kind of overcome some of those deficiencies you had? But the fact of the matter is, David, there's big time free agent moves that could be made by this team. And it might not be the splashiest names. It might not be a Corey Lindsley highest paid center in the league. But I think having those picks like a Corey Lindsley or a Matt Filer, right, especially in the recent free agency period, maybe makes you feel better about the Brian Bulagas and Chris Harris Juniors. Yeah, speaking of Brian Bulaga, I mean, that's a contract that the Chargers will more than likely get out of. I mean, if they cut him. Which adds to the number, yeah. Yeah, which adds to the number. It's, they're only taking on three, you know, three million, three hundred thirty-three hundred thousand, yeah. Three million in dead cap space. I'm not going to get into that number. He's but not good that with would, numbers. <laughs> yeah, not good with numbers here. 10.75 uh, in cap space, they would add to that number. So that would bring them over 83 million in cap space, which is just an outrageous number. But they're able to go out there and grab some guys to really make some serious improvements, maybe bring in a defensive tackle, maybe bring in another edge rusher, maybe bring in a big bruising running back. But the, the fact of the matter is they're really going to be able to get whoever they want this offseason. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's going to be a mix for them of like finding those right veterans to bring in and, and leaning on the younger side of things, right? Like Corey yeah. Lindsay wasn't super old. Like they were, Brian Bulanga was obviously an aging veteran, right? You know, you got other guys that they brought in the past, aging veterans. Like you need to spend on some of those younger guys. I mean, Matt Filer, Corey Lindsay, obviously great signings. I mean, this year, awesome. a lot of kind of incomplete grades, you know, yeah. like the Ode Abushi, Kyler Fackrell. Right. You know, it, it's kind of hard to know how to view about those guys, just kind of like yeah. whatever. And then you have, you know, Christian someone like Covington. Jared. Yeah, Jared Cook, like still productive, right? Filled maybe a lot of the production from Hunter Henry, but it wasn't super efficient. Never yeah. really seemed like him and Herbert ever got totally on the same page, right? And it seemed like kind of like that with Hunter Henry as well. But either way, I mean, the Chargers needed a lot. And they let go a lot in the offseason. And one of the things that did was bring them some compensatory picks, right? And I think that's the thing with this offseason is like, you have to add some veterans to get some production now because you can't hope to fill all the holes with the draft and get impact players who are going to start for you day one. So, like, all the, you know, needs we're talking about, defensive tackle, edge rusher, cornerback, yeah. right tackle, right guard, tight end, you know, like, you're not going to be able to fill starters at all those positions through the draft. But if you can mix and match, hit on your top picks in the draft, right, and also find some veterans that are coming and playing a key role, and finding those reserve pieces more than anything, finding those depth pieces, that's when it's going to make you a more complete team going into the 2022 season. But you also have 11 draft picks, according to Over the Cap, with the compensatory picks. They have a pick that's given to them, obviously, for every round. But the compensatory picks that they got for other guys leaving the Chargers, guys like Tyrod Taylor, Dan Feeney, Sam Tevy, Denzel Perriman, according to Over the Cap, those are what's going to get the Chargers an additional four picks. That means 11 picks in the upcoming draft. And we don't know what the compensatory picks are going to be till the end of the season, but these are usually pretty close to being correct. And a lot of it's canceled out. You know, a Corey Lindsley gets canceled out by a Rayshon Jenkins and so on and so forth by the guys that left the Chargers. But they're going to have a ton. And not only is that going to give them the ability to get more darts to throw at the board, because to some extent it is a crapshoot. But it also is going to give them flexibility to potentially move up if they have a guy that they really like, right? Give them more flexibility in the draft to go move around and send a six-round pick to move up a couple of picks or whatever the case may be, David. And I think they, it just the draft is always hope, and that's what gives you so much excitement about it because it's the hope of you know getting the right guys. And I think this is such a huge draft 
for Tom Telesco, not just to hit on the early picks, but get contributors out of this draft class, guys throughout the draft that are going to be able to come in and play. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing to me for Tom Telesco that's been the biggest indictment is just his inability to really provide quality depth for the Chargers pretty much the entire time that he's been the general manager. And that has bleeded into the special teams units, which, you know, throughout his tenure also have been some of the worst units in the NFL. So the Chargers really need to do a great job of hitting on those mid to late round picks and that cache of picks that they're going to have so that they can improve that depth so that they can improve those special teams units. Some of those best, you know, special teams unit teams in the NFL, they're continuously adding more and more talent to those units so that they have a fresh stock of athletes to go out there and keep those units effective. The chargers need to do that and follow suit with this draft class. Yeah. And the special teams obviously has to be a lot better and it's nice to see the improvements, but like defensively didn't really see a ton of improvements just over the season. Like, yeah, yeah. they got players back and play better at times, but like there wasn't anything consistent about it. So like they they have a lot of guys they are going to have to add, right? A lot of depth to defense, a lot of starting talent to the defense. Yeah. They're going to have to add either through free agency or through the draft. And it's going to be a combination of both, but like, at this point, we know Tom Telesco has been kept, it seems, right? Yeah. All the firings seem to have happened Monday and Tuesday after the final regular season game. I I think the one thing that gives you promise with this is what it's looked like since Brandon Staley's gotten there, right? And I right. think that's obviously... His influence on things. Yeah, what the, the draft picks they had. I feel good about Palmer and Asante Samuel Jr. I love Rashawn Slater, obviously. Yeah. You saw some contributions. From Chris Rumpf, right? I mean, there's a Nick lot of Neiman guys. Neiman looked decent at times. Nick Neiman, yeah, and especially was a big special teams contributor. Chris Rumpf yep. was a big special teams contributor. Larry Roundtree, Mark Webb, Brandon Hymas, incomplete, right? Yeah. You, you don't know how those guys are going to develop, and that's going to be a big part of it as well. But they're going to have some competition, too, because the 11 draft picks coming in, that's a lot of young dudes, a lot of tough decisions that are going to be have to be made, right? And we'll see how that works out. And with Brandon Staley, right? I mean, obviously, it has to be you being better as a defensive coach, too. You can add all these yeah. players on defense and through free agency. But there is some truth to having a better scheme, using the players you have more effectively. A lot of guys had career years. But I think there is also the fact that it's like this dude's juggling being a head coach and a defensive coordinator now for the first time. That's a lot of responsibility to share in a game. He had yeah. called many games as the defensive coordinator and did a great job. He had never done it until this season while he's also handling the game flow and game management, time management, all of those other things. And, you know, keeping your team collectively while also being able to put all of your focus on the defensive side. So it's going to have to come from all angles, but we're going to get out into that throughout this, you know, off season. And we're really excited for all the stuff we have planned for you guys. It's definitely going to be the biggest draft show, you know, we've had this year as far as, you know, everyday draft coverage for the Chargers as we get closer to that and a lot of scouting that's going to have to be done, a lot of grinding by, D by me and David coming up for sure free agency all that stuff and we're going to still be able to get into a little bit of the guys who played very well this season we'll do some you know end of season awards and we'll also do a little bit of reflecting where you know the ups and downs of this season but tomorrow it's all about justin herbert because not only did this dude not have a sophomore slump he took one more step towards being a legitimate mvp candidate like he went god mode in the final game of the season we're going to talk about all of that but i think he deserves an episode for sure. So tomorrow we're going to talk about the greatness of Justin Herbert. Did this team let Justin Herbert down, right? How good is he going to be at this point on this current trajectory? Is he going to be an MVP of the league at some point? Because there's obviously a lot of competition there. All that will be on tomorrow's show, and we're excited to do that. But thank you guys again for listening to today's show and making us your first listen 
to make sure you never miss a show, you can always find on all our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. And you can also, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And thank you guys. Just hit a thousand subscribers in a little over two months. I mean, it's been a really fun time to do this with you guys to where, you know, some of the YouTubes are doing better than even the podcast is doing. So it's just grown exponentially and we're just really appreciative of all of your guys support so make sure to subscribe to that if you haven't already check the show out on youtube if you haven't already and but we always love our podcast listeners you know the ogs and you can find the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from but you can also find the show on twitter at locked on lac our new at locked on charges instagram page and of course our locked on charges facebook page we post the show to all of those places every day so it's a nice place especially if the show doesn't pop up somewhere You'll be able to find all the links for it in all those places. And we're going to be doing a lot of voicemails with you guys during the offseason. So if you guys want to get into that, make sure to call 323-524-7924. We have some already, but we're definitely going to be leaning on those and you guys for what you guys want to hear about as well. So, so much excitement surrounding this offseason. It's going to be another huge offseason for the Chargers and Brian Staley and Justin Herbert going into the 2022 season. So we'll be here with you guys every day for only Chargers daily content you're going to find. But until then... Take it easy and go Bolts.